755 is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome to 755 is real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for The Athletic. And these are some very strange times, but we have a very special guest here with us today, thankfully. Chipper Jones, legendary Braves, Hall of Famer. Chipper, thanks for coming on again under what are an entirely different set of circumstances than we envisioned or that existed just a week ago when I talked to you down in Northport. It is, uh, it's crazy, but it's, uh, it's good to be with you. And, uh, hopefully we can get back to some sort of normalcy here pretty quick. I sure hope so, man. I was thinking in more than three decades of sports writing, I have to say this is the most unusual and unprecedented situation that I have ever encountered. Only thing I could even compare it to as far as bringing sports to a grinding halt was of course, nine 11. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Um, but, you know, I think it's the right call. Um, a lot of people disagree with it, but, uh, you know, having uh, having a couple parents that are up around 70 years yeah. old and whatnot, I, I wouldn't want to do anything to, uh, to put their lives or their health in danger. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's basically, you know, the spread of it. You know, I don't think anybody – in the U.S., uh, under 40 years old has has died from it. You know, it is uh, beatable, but we just got to contain the spread of it. You know, and and kind of kind of play safety first. And unfortunately, the sports world is is uh, you know one of the unfortunate benefactors of that. Man, I, I'm so glad you said that about your parents because I have two parents in their 80s, and I thought the same thing because. I think the people like myself, before I understood this, why we were, I didn't, I was like, why are we stopping playing baseball and why are they keeping us six feet apart? But I didn't understand that whole spread thing, the community spread thing. So it's like, yeah, you could tell all the old people and the sick people not to come to the games, but it doesn't matter because if somebody then takes that virus to them, you might, you won't even know you have it. All of a sudden, one of them gets Correct. it and they die from it. Correct. And you're talking about, you know, a couple of basketball players. Yeah. Um, you know, tested positive and it's just a matter of time before, you know, somebody in a baseball locker room and everybody's talking about open air arenas and whatnot. Right. Not everybody plays in an open air arena. If it's mist and rain in Toronto or Houston or, you know, somewhere with a, you know, a, a, a retractable roof, that roof's going to be closed. Well, now all this Tampa, you know, I mean, you have certain closed air arenas with, a lot of people going. I was supposed to go to Tampa to broadcast a game on the 30th of uh, of March, you know, and that's I don't know if that's going to be their opening day, but I'm sure that uh, that attendance was going to be high, you know, and and that's an indoor facility, so a lot to think about. I think MLB did the right thing with being proactive. Um, you know, I, I find it very difficult for you know the the, the players to you know play games with no fans in the stands being a yeah. being a player man you you feed off of that that energy both positive and negative you know throughout the game and it man i just i couldn't imagine playing or even broadcasting a game with no fans in the stands it would be so weird and you know the thing with the open air they i, I was thinking the same thing initially but it doesn't matter because if you come into contact with somebody or you're within six feet of them and they just get a little spittle on you or even the, it can even live in the air. 
then that's why, you know, even, even the PGA tournaments are being, uh, you know, have been canceled because, you know, there's nothing to prevent. You could be the healthiest horse in the world, but if you come into contact with somebody or you just touch a, a piece of steel that it's been on for four hours, you get it, transfer it to somebody else. You know, it's like the, it's anyway, it's crazy, man. We've never dealt with anything like this because this isn't the flu. It's so much more contagious. Yeah. And if, if, uh, bringing things to a screeching halt for, for two or three weeks, you know, helps contain it and helps yeah. it get in the rear view mirror. Hopefully, you know, we'll get some warm weather, yeah. um, you know, to, to boot and, uh, maybe this thing will, will go away and and you know if if we are uh, proactive now you yeah. know hopefully it won't get too much worse before it gets better yeah because they got to flatten that curve as they say if they don't then it's going to become like italy you know where they where they waited too long and then you just get you know 89 percent of the population will end up having it but anyway um yeah yeah this has such a different feel than 9-11 because it's it's open-ended and there are so many question marks and so much more reason to wonder when we'll get going again. Yeah, um, that is a uh, that is a pretty you know that that is the question. You know, obviously there are a lot of jobs hanging hanging up in the air right now, mine included. You know, with ESPN. Yeah. So um, it's uh, it, it's just something that we're going to have to be patient with. I think the. Uh, you know, the players are in limbo down in spring training. It was good to hear that they're going to, you know, stay down there and, and continue working out. So when the season, you know, does start, uh, we can pick right right back up, you know, yeah. uh, where the schedule yeah. leaves off. It's unfortunate that we're going to lose up to 13, 14 games off the, off the schedule. But like I said, I don't think anybody's really complaining when you're talking about uh, – something like you said that is as infectious as this is yeah i heard smulsey say on mlb network that you know it was so hard to wrap your brain around that if he was playing the natural thing would be to stay at training camp and keep training he thought that would be a lot easier for him and for teams to to stay together they also understood where some players might want to go home and train and he thought that was okay too but that it would be easier for a team if they did stay together and you know you didn't lose track of players and them home to their own gyms and their own trainers well as of right now we're we're two to three you know the basically we're about a month away from starting the season those pitchers still need to throw the live hitters they still need to get pitch counts up um you cannot as a hitter take um two or three weeks off because you will Mm-hmm. You will forget what 95 to 100 miles an hour looks looks like. You will fall behind. So I think it's, uh, you know, if I were playing now, I would obviously have my family with me um, mm-hmm. to ease my mind as far as that goes. But I would definitely want to stay in camp and continue to play myself into shape while we are uh, – while we were getting this thing behind us. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. My, my first full season covering uh, baseball was your first full season play in 1995. Uh, I had covered the Dolphins for a couple of years, and, and I took over, uh, split the Marlins beat with Gordon Eads my first year, and they didn't want me to start till the strike ended. And I remember how quickly the strike ended, and they literally said, 
next day we want you up there. The, the regular players are going to be there tomorrow and start this thing. Do you remember when the strike ended and how fast you guys had to get to camp and and how little time you had to get going? Uh, yeah, it was straight panic. I mean, <laughs> we were, you know, we weren't allowed at major league facilities. We weren't allowed mm -hmm. to, um, you know, work out at, at the facilities. You know, we weren't in camp. We were at home and all of a sudden, we get a call, the strike's over, and we're supposed to be in <laughs> West Palm Beach tomorrow, you know? And wow. Because we've got, I think we had 11 days, maybe two weeks of spring training, which position players absolutely loved. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the, the pitchers, not so much. But, yeah, I mean, it was over, you know, I don't know, like the 14th or 15th of, of uh, April. Uh -huh. And we were like, we were playing, we were playing big league games by the end of, by the end of April. Yeah. You know? And it, you know, the, the pitching was a little behind the, the hitting, but, um, um, yeah, it was, it was straight panic and, and throw on top of that, the fact that it, you know, it's your rookie year. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, to, to say that I was a little frazzled walking into camp was an understatement. And coming off of an injury, major injury. Yeah. Um, I know players always say that six, seven weeks of spring training is too long for everyone but the starting pitchers who need to build arm strength, obviously, through steadily increasing their pitch counts. But for most hitters, especially veteran hitters, I remember Chef used to tell me 20 at-bats was all he needed. Right. Yeah, it's, it, it was probably a little more for me just because I had two different swings uh -huh. to, uh, you know, to to go through. I, I probably – you know, I felt like maybe – uh, right-handed, I could have, I could have fallen out of bed, you know, at the beginning of spring training, maybe uh -huh. five, six, seven, eight at bats, right-handed, and I was pretty, pretty ready to go, um, just because it was my natural side. But I needed, I needed twenty-five, thirty, forty at bats left-handed to kind of get that swing because it wasn't my natural swing, um, and that takes, you know, probably somewhere between 15 and 20, uh, 15 and 20 games to play. Uh -huh. Cause I'm not sitting out there for nine innings, you know, while the, the guys that are wearing right. 84s and 92s, you know, are <laughs> out there trying to make, the, you know, trying to make the team on the mound. Yeah. Um, I want to see, you know, the first, I want to see the starter. I want to see the first guy coming out of the bullpen and I'm getting out of there, you know? So that's, that's two or three at bats and, and, um, uh, you know, uh, whatever work I feel like I need to get done after that, um, I will, you know, I can get done in the cage or on a backfield somewhere. So you think if, uh, how long do you think that the, it could go before players would start to get a little rusty? I mean, I guess they'll keep them at camp if they think that, you know, it's not going to be, you know, a month. Maybe if it's just going to be a two or three weeks, they'll keep them down there and keep going. How long would it be before, well, you know, you start to get rusty? I think if, if position players go home uh, for pro – it'll probably take a, a, a week to ten days, and then they're right back where they were, you know, two weeks ago. Wow. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's, it, it's, it, it falls off, you know, pretty quickly uh, mm -hmm. when you're talking about trying to, trying to be on 95 to 100 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the speed of the game itself out in the field, 
Um, you know, it's, it's, it's happening really, really fast. And, uh, you lose a feel for that when you've been away from it for, you know, 10 days, two weeks. That's why I think it's good. You know, I think it's, I think it would be beneficial if, you know, the players, uh, stayed in camp, stayed around the team, were continuing to, to go through their daily routines, maybe, you know, some inner squad games, uh, and whatnot, I think would, uh, would probably uh, keep them pretty well tuned up for for the next couple weeks until um, we get the okay to start playing games. Yeah, I was going to ask you, do you think a team that does that and that, you know, most of their guys or all their guys stay together would maybe have an advantage over a team that said, hey, guys, do what you're comfortable doing, and half of them went home? No, I don't think there's any doubt. You know, being around the clubhouse and going through that routine every day and seeing – live pitching and, um, you know, getting your mass fungos in and still kind mm-hmm. of um, rehashing your, your fundamentals, whether it be first and third defenses, bunt defenses, cutoffs and relays, uh, you know, PFPs, you know, pitch, uh, pitcher fielding practice, right. all that stuff, you know, just, just keeps it fresh in their mind and keeps the guys tuned up, not only physically but mentally as well. Hey, while we're on the subject, what do you remember most about 9-11 and coming back from that? Uh, because I'm thinking there will be a little of that same feeling from the crowds, a feeling of being united and grateful, you know, with baseball and some sense of normalcy has resumed here. What, what do you remember about the feeling that there was in the air when you came back up in New York? Um, a lot of questions. Um, you know, actually, our first game was in Philadelphia. Um, we did play the first game in New York the next night, but right, after, right, right, as the right. schedule fell, actually played our first game in Philadelphia. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was a lot of uh, uh, question as to, you know, I mean, a lot of people were scared about being in a venue mm-hmm. with 30,000, 40,000 people, you know, uh, um, a place where somebody could, could take a shot to knock out a bunch of people at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, we really didn't know if, if um, you know, it was smart to do that. But obviously we felt it was our duty to, as baseball players, to kind of get back to some semblance of normalcy, something that uh, President Bush said rang true to a lot of us. You know, uh, um, you know they want they to they shut our lives down. They want to curtail what we do on a daily basis and we shouldn't let them you know and and i think at that point as long as we walked into the stadium and felt like there was a a police presence a military presence um that that we were that we were going to be okay you know um Mm -hmm. a lot of uh a lot of thousand yard stairs um especially in new york the second game and um but man I don't. I don't know if you remember, but the the amount of military and police mm-hmm. presence at that ballpark was awe inspiring. I mean, <laughs> when you're at, when you're at BP and you see guys up on the roof with uh, uh, you know sniper rifles and and whatnot, you really <laughs> you know felt 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 safe. You know, yeah. Um, uh, Shea Stadium, right, being right there in the in the flight path of LaGuardia airport, mm-hmm. you know, that was, that was a source of tension for a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. but 
you know, the fact of the matter is, is I wouldn't let my, my family travel with me for fear, um, of secondary, you know, attacks and whatnot. I wanted them to stay home, but I just felt like it was my duty to, to get back on the field and, and return to some semblance of normalcy. Yeah. I hope that, I hope there's not a, a, a totally different feeling of uh, fear, but, but I hope there's no fear from the crowd this time to assemble, you know, for an entirely different reason. We'll have to wait and see, but uh, you got to think some people will stay home out of fear, but um, switching oh, gears. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt. As, as, yeah. as I, I've, I've traveled in the last couple of weeks and um, normally, you know, packed, airports mm-hmm. man i'm breezing through you know yeah. uh yeah you know, breezing through security getting my bags and whatnot you know got people on the plane wearing gloves and masks right. and uh, or or not traveling at all you know yeah. so um yeah it's it's affecting all walks of of life right now people are afraid to to you know pass along somebody else or catch it mm-hmm. in the first place the Black Tux believes every groom deserves a better experience when it comes to finding formal wear, a suit or a tuxedo, for their big day. Did you know the Black Tux was actually started by two guys who had one of the worst tuxedo fittings you could imagine? It turns out they aren't alone in this frustration. Just listen to these one-star reviews from competitor tux shops that shall not be named. Go elsewhere. This place is pretty terrible unless you're dressing like your grandpa for Halloween. Another one, we felt weird buying a suit from somebody so unhappy. We were afraid his bad vibes might follow us to our wedding day, so we left. What I love about the Black Tux is that they have an easy online ordering process that brings your suit or tuxedo straight to you. Just pick a style at theblacktux.com and request a free home try-on so you can feel the fit and quality before you commit. And if online isn't your style, the Black Tux has showrooms all over the country where you can find your fit and plan your look. From there, they'll ship your order two weeks before your wedding so you can check it one last time. Talk about commitment. Whether you're buying your outfit or looking to rent, you won't find a formal wear experience or designs like the ones you'll find at the Black Tux. If you want your wedding to be remembered for the right reasons, order your suit or tuxedo at theblacktux.com and enjoy 10% off with the code BRAVES. That's theblacktux.com, code BRAVES. For ten percent off your purchase, the Black Tux formal wear for the moment. Uh, switching gears a little bit, can you can you talk a little about you mentioned a while ago your your decision to to do the ESPN gig at this time in your in your life? Uh, you know, you're what six seven years removed from the playing. Uh, yeah, basically eight years removed from playing, and um, I don't know. Uh, broadcasting was something that I always wanted to do. I think if I had you know, going to college, I would have, I would have tried to progress in the, in the broadcasting, uh, field. Uh Um, if I hadn't been able to play the game of baseball, you know, obviously being as close to it as I could would have been something that was attractive to me. Um, you know, I did a couple of regional, uh, gigs with the, the guys, uh, with the Braves last year on Fox and did an ESPN, uh, broadcast with Rossi and Bugsiambi. Uh, on ESPN mm-hmm. with, with uh, Rossi getting the Cubs job, you know, I think people really saw the chemistry between myself and Boog and how good that worked and, hey, let's try it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, when all is said and done, 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing 20 broadcasts. I don't know how many I'm going to do now because I just had three of them. Three of my, my first three broadcasts were canceled, um, because of, because of Corona. So, um, we're just going to have to wait and see how it all turns out. Um, but the bottom line is I was only going to be gone about 40 to 45 days Mm -hmm. during the year. Mm -hmm. And uh, they made it attractive enough for me to get on a plane once a week and mm-hmm. spend, you know, two nights away from the family. And, um, you know, ESPN Wednesday Night Baseball exposure is, is off the charts. So, yeah. um, you know, who, who knows what that will lead to. Yeah, I was wondering, you know, if you had any, if you had considered or had any talks with Fox Sports South about possibly doing Braves. But then I thought, you know, you probably wanted to stretch your wings a little bit. And then working with Boog, like you mentioned, the chemistry is so good. And also that boost a little already a little full of Braves with Fox Sports South and Southeast. With Frenchie and Glaff. Uh, it was a consideration. Uh, Fox Sports South did make an offer. Um, it was, you know, about 35 games with uh, probably about 80% of them being on the road, uh-huh. you know, so um, not as, you know, not a lot of home games, um, having to do three, you know, three or four games in a row. So, you know, mm-hmm. being away for, for quite some time and, um, you know, and it was basically the games, you know, and, and I get it. I'm low man on the totem pole, Frenchie, wow, they get the pick you know, their, their, their games. And I basically get the cast off and, and, uh, it just wasn't attract as, as attractive to me as, uh, as doing the ESPN thing. That being said, I'm still going to do some, some regional broadcast with, uh, with Fox Sports South, not very many, um, uh-huh. but I will do a few, uh, my ESPN contract does not allow me to do any national broadcast, but I can do some regional stuff. Ah, I didn't know that. Hey, are you surprised? Because I'm sure you saw Frenchie being at home watching the games. Uh, are you surprised Frenchie's been able to kind of keep it pretty straight and relatively polished for three hours a night? Because I, I think it's pretty damn good for a guy who's only done it for one full season. <laughs> yeah, for a goofball, I think he's pretty good. Yeah, for you know the guy that we uh, we knew every day in the clubhouse, he's, uh, <laughs> he's actually grown up and matured quite a bit, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, he uh, has. It's been a pleasant surprise, you know. I mean, uh, I think most of us kind of expected it to go along the same lines as what Smolty did. You know, Smolty early in his broadcasting career tried to be funny and you know the uh-huh. jokester on TV, and I think once he got <laughs> back to you know, the, the, the brass tacks of, you know, what it's like to stand 60 feet, six inches from the best in the world, um, and give that kind of insight, all of a sudden his career kind of, kind of went on the uptick. Now he's doing the dang, you know, the world series yeah. with, with Bob Costas. So he's got yeah. the best gig, you know, on the planet. Um, I, I kind of foresee, uh, Frenchie, you know, taking the same, taking the same path. Uh, I think he learned from, from what, uh, Smolty, you know, went through early in his, in his career. And, and man, yeah, like you said, Frenchie's done an outstanding job and been, uh, uh, a really good, uh, compliment to, uh, Chip. Well, just, uh, knowing from all the interviews I've done with you, I, I got a feeling that a couple of the former Braves are going to 
be the best two analysts in baseball here pretty soon with you and small C. <laughs> well, that remains to be seen. I, I feel like uh, I have a, a, a lot to uh, impart. Um, normally, I'm pretty good at getting that point across. Um, hopefully, you know, like I said, it's it's real easy when you have a guy that can that can tee you up like uh, mm-hmm. like Boot can. He's he's the best in the business. And I mean, when I went to the ESPN seminar last week in Tampa, you know, everybody, all the broadcasters were there, you know, for this seminar, six hour seminar. And Boog Shiambi was a superstar in that room, you know, yeah. and, and, and yeah. I mean, he was treated like a rock star and, uh, I, I feel fortunate that, uh, that ESPN has put me with him because I, I think we're going to do great. Yeah. Boog's good. I've known Boog since Miami, since the days down there when he was really young and he's, he's really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't warn you about this, but I think you'll probably have something in mind without thinking about it too much. A lot of Braves fans of a certain age wonder what might've been if Lonnie Smith hadn't stumbled running around the bases in game seven of the 91 world series. But that was a little bit before your time with the team. My question is what moment makes you wonder what might have been if things had gone differently? Oh, the hanging slider to Jim Larry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I thought you'd say. Uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of, you know, you, if we go back to back right there, not to say that if we win, uh, what was that game four? Uh, not to say that if we win that game, we, you know, we go on to win the series. Um, but I certainly, uh, would have liked to have seen what would have happened, mm-hmm. you know, had we, uh, had we gone on and, and won game four, uh, obviously an epic game, epic comeback by the, by the Yankees really kind of started there. Uh, dynastic run there in the late nineties and early two thousands. Um, but yeah, people always ask me, you know, what's the, what's the one that kind of is the burr up under your side on, you know, yeah. it's, uh, we, we've had, we've had some tough losses through the years and, uh, but I really feel like, you know, in 96, we were playing well. Um, I feel like we had a better team top to bottom. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and that's the one that, that, that we let slip away. So, yeah, it would be uh, the, the Larris game four. And you talk about being a game of inches. I mean, if that does change, and then you also look at 91 before you were there, but all of a sudden you're looking at the Braves winning two or even three World Series. I mean, and it's you're viewed entirely differently than you are by so many in the industry. Or not in the industry because they understand what you guys did, but your average fan looks at it totally different from outside of, of Atlanta. Yeah, there's no doubt. And obviously I think we're probably a victim of our own successes. I think if you, okay, mm-hmm. so let's say mm-hmm. that instead of 14 straight division titles, we all, you know, we, we break up those 14 or 15 years with only like yeah. six division, seven division titles. And, you know, it's broken up evenly yeah. throughout, you know, yeah. like two decades. Um, I think that uh, uh, maybe we're, we're even viewed a little, little differently then because, yeah. you know, we, we took advantage of one. But, uh, you know, the fact that, that we were in it every single year, we were expected to be in it every single year. It wasn't about what we did in the, 
in the regular season, our season was measured on what we did in the postseason. And, you know, for, for a decade and a half, you know, <laughs> yeah, we were expecting the road through the, the road to the world series, at least in the national league came through Atlanta, you know? So, um, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm, to be honest with you, <laughs> we won one more than a lot of other people. Um, I'm grateful for the opportunity to, uh, to have a chance to be competitive and, and play for a, a world championship, you know, being contention for a world championship pretty much every year of my career. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I had something to do with it. Look, you know, sometimes teams are better than you. Sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way. Um, sometimes the call doesn't go your way. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's baseball. That, you know, it happens every day. You know, the best team in baseball doesn't win the world series every yeah. day. Um, that's been illustrated quite a few times. So, um, you just got to roll with it and, and flush it down the toilet and get ready for next year. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask is that the more, the, the further away from it that you get, does it give you even kind of maybe a more of a sense of pride because, uh, or, or does it seem more impressive to you? Because it's pretty obvious that no other team is probably ever going to win 14 consecutive division titles again. So what you guys did is unprecedented and probably won't be repeated. Yeah. And how are you not supposed to be proud of that? Yeah. You know, how am I supposed to look negatively upon that? You know, I know how hard it is to do what we did. I know how hard it is to win a World Series. I know how hard it is to get to the World Series and lose it. You know, yeah. um, I know I know how hard it is to win a postseason series, to win games on the road uh, in the postseason. It's not easy. You know, it's it's you know hitting a baseball thrown as hard as it is is probably the single hardest thing to do in pro sports. You know, there are a ton of different variables to go and that goes into whoever wins a baseball game on a given night. So, you know, that is not that is not lost on the people who play the game. Yeah. You know, it's easy to sit back and judge, um, you know, from afar um, when, you know, you don't have any 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 stakes in the fire, you know. So, yeah, exactly. um, I don't I don't. I look back fondly on my time on, on our successes. Um, and, and, and that will never change. I think the, the farther and farther you get away from it, the more and more it'll be appreciated even by people outside the game. Hey, uh, yesterday was Murph's 64th birthday and his wife's birthday. Um, Nancy's, uh, do you think that, the? I, I thought last year he had, I thought he would get a lot closer to getting in with the veterans committee. Do you think he's going to end? end up getting in with the veterans committee. I, I think he belongs in the hall of fame for sure. And, and I'm just wondering what, as a hall of famer, what do you think his chances are? I think they're very good. Uh, and I'll certainly be pushing for it. Um, when you think of the 1980s, yeah, at least in the national league, there were, uh, two perennial MVP candidates in the eighties. Yeah. It was Mike Schmidt and it yeah. was Dale Murphy. Um, you go over in the other league, it was George Brett, you know? So, you're talking about, uh, and those guys were both first ballot Hall of Famers, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. So Murph certainly deserves it. He had an extended period of time for a uh, for a decade that he was elite, back to back MVPs, 
a uh, bunch of gold gloves and silver sluggers. Um, I think, you know, some of the people that have gotten in via the veterans committee yeah. over the last, over the last couple of years, certainly bodes well for mm-hmm. Murph going forward. Um, I think it's just a matter of time. Uh, that being said, the guy is, I, I think may, you know, He's the nicest guy on the planet. Plain <laughs> yeah. him, you know? yeah. and, and I think everybody that ha- is going to have a say so um, when all is said and done, he is going to represent baseball and the hall with the utmost integrity, um, just as he did, you know, when he played. And I think that's going to end up playing a, a big part in him getting in eventually. Hey, yeah, and I just hope he has a good, you know, twenty years to enjoy it, you know, and 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 be up there representing the hall because, like you said, he's one of those guys that's going to go there every year and sign every autograph while he's there. Correct, correct, and I mean, he's just, uh, you know, he's he's a great Atlanta Brave. He's a great ambassador for the game of baseball, and I think it's a uh, supreme injustice that he's not there already. Yeah, I, I like his turn. I like. I really like his chances long term, and I think Andrew year by year is going to get a big jump because Larry Walker wasn't much higher than Andrew when he first started. So I, it's not impossible that Andrew could get in. We'll see. I think it's very possible. We'll I think when you sit there and really dissect, uh, you know, Andrew's tenure uh, reign, uh, you know, his ten best years. The thing that hurts Andrew is the 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 fall off. Yeah. Uh, it went from, yeah. you know, 10 straight gold gloves and, you know, 350 to 400 homers and whatnot to, you know, a pretty drastic fall off uh, right. there at the end. Um, so hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get them all in. I'd like, I'd love to see, uh, you know, the Braves wing at the hall of fame, get just a little bit bigger. Well, Fred McGriff, that definitely belongs in. And I still don't understand why he's not in, but that's for another day, I guess. Freddie's going to get in. Freddie's a lot like Murph, you know, uh, 500 homers. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to put, and and no disrespect to a Harold Baines or, you know, uh, somebody Mm -hmm. like that, um, but Freddie McGriff, (laughs) Freddie McGriff could rake. Yes. And he was feared. and, And he was, you know, he was my bodyguard for my first two or three years in the league, and man, he got me a bunch of fastballs. So, uh, <laughs> people, people would have much rather pitched to me than they would him. And you know, every year you could ink, you know, thirty homers and a hundred RBIs out of out of Freddie McGriff, and not many people, even to this day, you can say that about. Yeah. And finally, what do you think? Uh, you were up there last week up at Northport. Beautiful, by the way, isn't it? What do you think about this year's Braves team? Uh, what do you think is the biggest question mark if you had to put your finger on one thing? Uh, Braves' new spring training facility is off the charts good. So jealous yeah. uh, that I couldn't prepare for seasons there. I would have been so much more prepared. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so much better prepared than I was uh, just based on the facilities. Um, as to your second question, um, if I have one question, it would be the uh, from the middle to back end of the starting rotation. Yep. Um, obviously, yep. I feel pretty comfortable with Soroka and Freed. 
Um, even though, you know, Freeze numbers were a little skewed because of his uh, um, run support numbers. We'll see if, mm-hmm. if that continues this year. But the Braves, are, you know, the, the injury to Hamels is going to hurt. Um, now they're taking guys, you know, that helped out the bullpen and trying to, you know, put them in the, in the starting rotation, that being Sean Newcomb. Um, it remains to be seen, you know, how consistent he's going to be on an every fifth day, um, basis. We know, uh, the inconsistencies with Mike Fulton Avich. Um, I would think he's probably going to be slated in the three hole coming out of the gate. Um, you know, Fulton has the ability to be, you know, to have number one stuff on, on a given day, but he's Mm -hmm. also, you know, yeah. prone to give up 10 in the first inning, you know? <laughs> uh, so that, uh, that, that, you know, is a question mark. Obviously Felix Hernandez, uh, N- Newcomb, as I said earlier, um, Kyle Wright, uh, Kyle mm-hmm. Wright could be the, the diamond in the rough. Yeah. This year. He's he looked good. Be, he could be last year's, you know, Max Freed. Mm-hmm. And, um, I really feel like, of all the guys that um, that we will have in the rotation, even at you know in the big leagues or at AAA, Kyle Wright has the ability to be you know to have top of the rotation stuff. So it's just a matter of whether the moment is too big for him at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad I'm glad I don't have to make the decision, but uh, the guys have pitched really well down there in yeah. spring training. Newcomb has represented himself well. Felix has pitched well. Um, Wright has pitched well. So everybody's representing themselves really well, and they're going to make some. Uh, they're going to make Smith have to make some tough decisions here, you know, when the time comes. I guess if uh, if there's any positive whatsoever in this delay is that Hamels has a chance to not miss as much a, a bigger percentage of the season than he would have otherwise. You know, if he comes back in a month, month and a half. Correct. Correct. And after talking to him down in spring training. Um, yeah, he's 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 more concerned with being ready for August and September and yeah. October. You know, right? You, you can't uh, right. you can't. The only thing that concerns me is you can't win the division in April, but you can certainly put yourself behind the eight ball and lose it in April. Yeah, and you just don't want to yeah. get uh, you don't want to get too far behind. Let me tell you, something. really good pitching staffs in the National League East. I think it's one of the most competitive divisions. I will say this: the Braves bullpen and everyday lineup is as strong as anybody's in the division. I think we're a tad behind, obviously, you know, the Scherzer, Strasburgs and Corbins, the, the DeGrom, Syndergaards, mm-hmm. uh, Matzes, you know, uh, yeah. um, you know, and the, and the Nolas and the, and the wheelers, you know? So, uh, we're not quite as good there, not quite as dominant, don't have the strikeout stuff that those staffs have, um, but hopefully our offense can knock those guys out of the game and we can get into their bullpen. Agreed with you totally on that synopsis. Um, and just last thing real quick, what do you have a gut feeling yet on how third base is going to go? Um, I think it's a toss-up right now. I think both yeah. guys have played well. Um you know, you've seen some adjustments from Austin Riley, which is very good. I'm a huge Johan Camargo fan. Um, you know, I think he's I think he's done a lot to get himself in back into shape. 
and uh, we know what he's capable of doing when he gets consistent at bats. Um, I think, you know, and this is just my opinion, if the Braves had their, their druthers, they would, you know, love to have Austin Riley in that dangerous, dangerous in the yeah. middle of the lineup somewhere. Um, that being said, I think I'd like to have a spot for both guys um, and, and maybe have Camargo's versatility kind of coming off the bench, spelling guys, you know, on, on a frequent basis so he gets consistent at bats and stays fresh. I think he's one of the most clutch hitters on the team, um, as shown by, you know, what he does when he has guys in scoring position. You know, um, he, he more more times than not comes through. So, yeah, it's it, you know, it's unfortunate that we have this stoppage right now because, unfortunately, um, you're probably going to have to make a decision on one or the other uh, mm-hmm. right here at the beginning of the season when, when it starts. And that being said, the only person with options is Austin yeah. Riley. You know, so uh, I think probably Camargo will start at third, but at some point you'll see Austin Riley there full time. Great. Hey man, thanks for your time. We really appreciate it. Uh, it's always great having you on here and good luck with the gig. Can't wait to see you and Boo together. Okay. DLB man. I appreciate it. We'll see you later. All right. Thanks. That's it for us. 755 is real. Eric will be back with us on uh, Tuesday and we might have another guest next week with Peter Moylan. Big shoes to fill with chipper, but uh, Moilo will probably come through. That's it. We're out. 755 is real.